0: Video violence, man. I'm telling you, there's nothing that's been bringing out my listeners out of the woodworks more than talking about shot on video horror films. For some reason, on Twitter and now the new Facebook uh, Astro Radio Z group, I bring up shot on video horror films, and all of a sudden, everybody decides to start talking. (laughs) <laughs> I've only been doing this show for five years now, and it took shot on video horror films to get people talking to me about my podcast. <laughs> so, I'm excited, though. I'm really excited because we started a, a poll up on the Astro Radio Z Facebook page for the listeners to see what films they actually wanted highlighted on this show. And I'm actually quite surprised at the results I've been getting. The number one film, Mark, and prepare yourself for this. I'm preparing. I've seen this film. I'm sure Andrew's seen this film. But the number one voted shot on video horror film for us to cover is The Burning Moon. Oh, Oh, that's a a classic, dude. Absolute classic. Have you ever seen this, Mark?
2: No, I have not. That's why I'm venturing on these shot on video stuff, because uh, some of the stuff I've not seen. It's
0: one of those the infamous tapes from back in the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> 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 but I don't It's like a rough one, it. dude. It's it it'll test you. But I mean, it's still like it's a it's the one. I mean, if you're reading books about this stuff, you're going to hear. I mean, Burning Moons goes first, you know absolutely i remember back in the day reading in like
0: gore zone and all these other magazines about the burning moon but having such a tough
1: time finding it wasn't it like out of print for a really long time it's hard i, I don't really know because um when i saw it I was just you know you don't have any uh, concept of what's available at other places you know i mean like i didn't realize video violence was everywhere you know, I just knew that the video right. store I worked at had it. And I just happened to work for a couple of places that had a lot of them. You know,
0: video violence. One, I definitely had at a local video store at video
2: Oasis.
0: Um, oh,
1: really? It was at video Oasis.
0: Absolutely was at video Oasis.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I'm trying to think of what was at video Oasis What I, uh, that I would oh, addicted to murder. It was oh,
0: nice. Yeah. That one was all over the place as well.
1: Yeah. It was a youth restricted title. Yeah, right. Well, how many of those were there? Were there only two addicted to murders? I only saw the one. Um, We also had some of the Polonia stuff as well. I'm pretty sure we had uh, feeders. Okay. sure. Yeah, that was all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a place I worked at had um, had the Tim Ritter stuff, but also had the um, Ron Atkins um, uh, schizophrenic yep schizophreniac,
0: and he also had a number of other ones there's so many of them I always forget all the different titles but he was really cranking out a lot back in that it time was, too yeah. that and Shattered Dead was another one that was Dude, everywhere you know what?
1: I'm going to just go ahead and say now while we're talking about Shattered Dead that's the best shot on video horror movie to me you think so yeah what do you th- what is it about Shattered Dead you like so much okay I changed my mind it's Red Spirit Lake by Charles Opinion. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I started thinking about it while wow. it's the second best. The first is Red Spirit Lake by Charles Penny. That's not a feature. Shattered Dead's a feature. It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking maybe, maybe, okay. Red Spirit Lake is more like a short. Shattered Dead's just so good, man. It's just got so much wild stuff in it. You know, there's that, all oh, that great um, blowjob, you know, firearm scene or whatever. I don't know. It yeah. so it's just haven't seen it so long but i i just remembered it being we'll talk about the whole cover box thing and how you don't know what you're getting and they knew that you didn't and shit like that that was one of the few that uh actually i felt like delivered on um you know was as as advertised
0: absolutely i mean it had that classic cover of the hole in the wall where the girl with the gun is looking through it and there's blood covering all of the hole yeah. i remember seeing great- that tape everywhere man
1: it's just a very downbeat, very grim zombie kind of a thing. But uh, I just love that woman that was in it. I thought she was, you know, obviously very <laughs> kind of gross looking, but she didn't need to be. It just was very, very original to me. Shadow Dead. It was a very different experience than even as hardcore horror
0: fans that I would than I was used to whatsoever.
1: Gooder McCray, right? Made that. Very talented. Yep,
0: he's man. still making flicks. I just saw him on Facebook posting about the mo- new movie he's shooting. Oh,
1: shit. I think uh, 16 Tongues was the last one of his I saw. That was a million years ago.
0: Yeah, I think he's he's either just wrapped the new one or he's in production right now.
1: That's so great to know, man. Scooter McRae, Have him on your show. Yeah. Dude.
0: Still, still getting it done, man. But here's the top five voted by Astro Radio Z listeners on the Astro Radio Z Facebook group. Go join it if you haven't joined already. And uh, I, this is one of the best decisions I've made in a long time is, is putting this group together. Because now finally people are talking back. <laughs> Something about Facebook pages. You don't get it. it doesn't. none. Of, there's no reach for it. Oh, absolutely so not. You post things and they just hang out there. and Maybe like five people see them where in the group, everyone gets it that wants to sit and follow. So it's been so awesome in the last week that I've had this up to finally see a lot of people talking about what's going on in the show and engaging and all this stuff. So anyways, here's the top five so far. Um, we, we already have the next episode lined up, which is going to be Hugh Gallagher's uh, gore horror series, which is gorhor Gorotica, and Gorgasm. We're gonna be talking about that next month on our shot on video episode. But we're going to start. These are the top five as of right now, which could be knocked out by next episode. We'll find out, but for okay. sure, number one is the burning moon. Number two is the Truth or Dare uh, series, uh, Critical Madness. But the thing about that series is is that Truth or Dare 1, A Critical Madness, was shot on 16mm. So that doesn't necessarily count as a shot on video horror film, but the sequels all were. Wicked Games, Screaming for Sanity, and uh, I suppose you could consider Deadly Dare's also, a shot on video because some of it was shot on consumer grade stuff, but other stuff was shot on like a DSLR. So, I guess only Screaming for Sanity and Wicked Games could really count towards it. But we'll talk about the entire series. I'm not going to be a stickler for that one. Number three is Redneck Zombies, yeah. which may be my favorite shot on video horror film of all time. Absolutely <laughs> love that flick. Uh, Mark, you're you're obviously familiar with this, right?
2: There's not many of the shot on video films you've mentioned that I'm familiar with, but I am very familiar with Redneck Zombies, especially the version before Troma bought it. What's the difference? Uh, Not a whole lot outside of the intro. The trauma intro. The other one that I okay. saw, it was at a mom and pop video store right here in Stevens Point when I came up to college. It's the same mom and pop video store that had uh, Man Bites Dog, the uh, original version that was uh, more graphic and uncut, if you will. Uh, but they had this one, and I remember what I remember most about it was looking at the big clamshell of it, uh, and the cover is similar to the one that's on Trauma uh, without the trauma border where the redneck zombies got the uh, the Daisy Duke girl, uh, you know, scared. But I remember looking on the back of it going, who the hell would pay 75 bucks for this? (laughs) Man, let me tell you,
0: I, I when I first rented that back in high school, my brother, his brain, Shane's brain blew to smithereens like he couldn't believe this movie. We watched it a ton. We love. I love redneck zombies. It's so stupid. It's you wanna, so stupid, you want but it's cigarette? so fun.
1: I think that the thing about Burning Moon is that those effects are awesome. The mm-hmm. special effects in Burning Moon are just incredible.
0: It, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what your tolerance is for the stuff, it is dark. It yeah. is pitch black. Once it hits to the seat, the sequence which is quote unquote in hell. That's some of the hardest freaking horror you're ever gonna see. Yeah. Yeah. It's some it's some shit. But number four is the infamous boarding house, mm. which I would like to actually not do the regular version and finally watch the two and a half hour version the director's cut for the show. So prepare yourself, Mark the movie man, if you decide to come on and watch boarding house. <laughs>
2: I I am where you lead me dear.
1: Oh, I don't know what to say. What do you think of this proposition here, Andrew? I would I would love to hear it, but I don't know if I could watch it.
0: <laughs> the two and a half hour version of it.
1: No, nah, because I was not a the biggest fan of the regular. So
0: <laughs> I got to get my bud, Tim on the show. He was the one who introduced me to boarding house. A number probably about 10, 11 years ago. It was one of those movies that literally slipped by my fingertips. Like I had never watched it or even heard of it. And then one day we were sitting around my place. This was before I had kids. We were just drunk as skunks and he's like hey man i brought a movie pops it in and that opening text crawl that lasts for five minutes goes on and i looked at him i'm like what the fuck did you put on (laughs) and he's just giggling he just giggled the entire time so um boarding houses it's something it is something but last but not least number five as of right now is tied between scrapbook shatter dead and sledgehammer wow Ooh! so get out there astro zombies get to the facebook group vote it up vote up one of those three and i'm going to i'll schedule the next five shot on video episodes based on your guys's picks so let's move on and let's get to what we came here for folks We're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about some video violence with Video Violence One and (laughs) Two.
1: preoccupation with violence the only thing we seem to rent are gory horror movies
2: the big thing to do on saturday night is sit in front of the tube and watch people getting killed
1: you lay off
2: them monster movies for a while you stick with the kitty stuff
0: So if you were going to talk about some of the quintessential shot on video horror films, you would say, as we said before, The Burning Moon or... Well, nowadays you would say shattered it. <laughs> I think people think about that a lot. I always think, think of darkness,
1: leaf jonkers, uh, darkness. darkness. Oh, yeah. That's a good movie, man. The, the vampires, weren't they? It's got yeah, that like, half melted guy on the cover. It was awesome. Dude, such a,
0: amazing gore effects in that one. Blood cult, obviously, and sledgehammer. Those would be the movies that if you were to talk to anybody, they would be the ones they bring up or video violence. Video violence is literally one of the, I would say top five shot on video horror films of all time. It's one of those rare films that regardless of the limitations of budget or the look of the film, it is so well put together for a micro budget film that it kind of transcends what its format is and how it was shot and what it looks like because it, it it's put together. The story is put together. Well, and I uh, actually for something that that was more than likely shot on beta, it doesn't look too bad. Andrew, what, what did you think first time when you saw video violence
1: way back in the day? Oh, well, way back in the day, I was, I was just like, <laughs> I felt like I was ripped off by them, you know, cause the, really? covers are, well, the covers are great, but the movies themselves, I was like, Hey, this was made on a video camera. And when you're a kid, you don't go, Oh, this, this is a real movie. You go, wait a minute, man, this looks like a porno. This, <laughs> this is <laughs> a bean <baby laughs> switch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, but um, I remember um, being t- 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 shocked by, how good the, the gore was when it would finally happen. And I was very you know pleased with the nudity <laughs> as well, and uh, so I, I did end up enjoying. It wasn't one that I like watched a lot or anything, but you know the you you uh, back then you go by by the cover, and the people that um, distributed this stuff knew that once you rented it, that's your ass, Mister Postman. <laughs> The money had already exchanged hands, so it
0: didn't matter at that point. Nah. Yeah. And the covers to all of these were freaking awesome. So I totally understand that. Mark, you are a newbie to video (laughs) violence. Why don't we go to you
2: and why don't you tell my dear listeners, what is the plot of this movie. Video Violence is about a small town where there's a video rental place or a video studio, as they refer to it. And in this studio is a gentleman who recently came from New York and he decided to uh, just come to a small town and run a video studio. Well, when one of his employees goes missing after they receive a blank tape that supposedly has an actual real life death on it, it starts the mystery of what's actually going on in this town and who's actually producing these snuff films as more and more of them start showing up in his video store. And as he tries to unravel the mystery, he gets pulled deeper and deeper into the town's secret. And what happens to him after he finds out the truth? Well, you'll have to get that VHS out and find out.
0: And that mystery is the townspeople <laughs> are killing off any outsiders and creating their own snuff films. Cause they're all a bunch of deranged fucking sickos. But the biggest mystery of all, at least in my mind of this film is where the fuck did that guy get that goddamn red leather jacket that he's wearing in this thing? That thing is obnoxious. Holy shit. This movie is so firmly ingrained in the eighties, like everything about it, the the fashions, the hairdos, you will never see the cover of blood cult more in any other film. (laughs) on earth than you will in this one because it seems like every last person that comes into this video store to rent a movie, hey, you got that
2: chainsaw movie? Which they grabbed pieces. Yes. You got that chainsaw movie? I'm like, oh Texas chainsaw. Pieces. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Because there's a real chainsaw movie marked the movie, man. Apparently so. (laughs) But that (laughs) opening shot is man, if you want to look up porn 80s just take the first opening frame of our gentleman in this film with the wide open collar and the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sitting here going, Wow! Even in my notes, I just put in porn-like clothing in my notes. And his cheesy smile and that opening scene where they where they, they get the girl in the dressing room the dressing room that has a second door to it apparently um, that gets <laughs> opened when she gets knocked into it. And <laughs> did you think when you started watching this?
0: Because I I know Andrew and I have a, a, a much higher tolerance for the stuff that's on display and and kind of the production values of these. What did you think? Did you think that this kind of looked like an 80s shot on video porno?
2: The quality was, but as far as the look goes, but as I'm watching it, the, 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 the sincerity of everybody involved, the scope that this film actually goes to and, and the narrative that actually plays out on this film is higher than the quality that it was shot on i think by a lot i i dug i dug this film so much (laughs) it's one of those movies that amanda
0: watched it with me and she literally could not get over the fact that this actually had a real goddamn story to it (laughs) it was well edited well put together it has an awesome score (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah i put in here that the creepy music w- was really good in here you know and uh you know e- e- especially in that opening scene and, and it has this it, it's like an updated version of 2000 maniacs <laughs> it's what it feels like it's like if that town stuck around and evolved into the 80s the 2000 maniacs town
1: would be this town
0: absolutely this is the vhs version of 2000 maniacs don't you think andrew
1: yeah it's a very accurate and it's kind of amazing that the guy uh, claims to have never seen a Herschel gordon lewis movie prior to oh. made this because it really is i mean and in, in a lot of ways it is a precursor as well um more so the sequel uh, to the uh the found footage anthologies and uh there's a little chair horror in in it for you too yeah there is <laughs> but this is the original you know
0: this is the original chair horror. Yeah, that's it's funny that you say that, that, you know, he claims to have never seen Herschel Gordon Lewis, even though all of the gore looks like it was straight out of Wizard of Gore. Yes. There's, mm-hmm. You can see tapes of the Gore Gore girls in the rental shop.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's uh-huh. clearly a huge fan of horror. I mean, there's that part where. uh uh, they're in some of uh, the, the deli or whatever, and they're Fangoria and famous monsters and all this other stuff. I mean, homie's seen tons of horror and he's definitely you don't just show the Gore, gore girls that prominently for no reason. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. The the scene in that deli and Dick's deli <laughs> 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 oh my God. where There's they chop deli. that girl's head off that is straight out of wizard of gore
2: this movie just blew my mind what they did for shot on video because my i'm going back to 87 going this is this is impressive they've got a well thought out story that's interesting you know it's it's a, a it's a very coherent narrative which is what you don't always get with these shot on video films uh you know you get kind of random scenes and everything but everything fit and the gore that head chopping scene, uh, not only that, but, you know, there's a couple where there's a machete within a leg and they're working it back and forth. And and uh, it's obvious it's a retractable one, but the one where uh <laughs> the ice and- pick yeah the eli and howard are gotten <laughs> the eye on on the girl's uh breast with the ice pick and and they did a you know they don't just stab and remove it real quick so you know do the camera trick they do the slow pull out and i'm like all in one shot too all, all yep. in one, and i'm digging this i'm like this is, this is i'm like this is a very impressive film for when it was made and how it was made it 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 surprised me. It, it was like, this is a hell of a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, and yeah, and, and it was because of scenes like that. They it, it felt like they came up with some stuff to do. And rather than going, well, I don't know if we can do it with the equipment. They figured out how to do it with what they had. Well, and,
0: unlike and look your, well. Your, the, your introduction, which was violent shit. This wasn't played for laughs. No. They were legitimately trying to make a horror film.
2: Yeah, this is a legit straight up film they're trying to make. This isn't just tongue in cheek. This isn't just, oh, we're horror fans. They they're in they're all in on this and they're trying to make an actual horror film. and, And I think they succeeded.
0: I think so too. Let's, let's talk about that chair horror scene that Mm -hmm. you were just talking about. (laughs) And this, this movie up until that point is uh, it's a, you're pretty cut and dry, kind of like 2000 maniacs type story. Like we had described where this couple starts up this VHS rental shop and, you know, these tapes start coming in and the guy's uh, assistant goes missing and he starts getting more tapes and there's this tape he gets of, Uh, Eli Howard and Eli which are the two main killers of this series torturing some woman tied to a chair and the moment I saw that I'm like oh fuck (laughs) I totally forgot this was this had a chair horror scene in it and um, what do they do They they wet her blouse with beer so that her magnificently huge breasts show straight through the white wife beater that she has on. They cut holes so that her nipples should stick out.
1: (laughs) Clockwork orange
0: style. Yeah. I mean, this is a pretty protracted scene. And then they carve their name in her chest and then they poke her with the the ice ice pick. For its time, there wasn't a lot of this kind of stuff out there. Uh, Do you remember seeing anything like this at that time, Andrew?
1: Well, no, but there's influences all over the place for it. I mean, Krug carves his name in a woman's chest in Last House on the Left. Um, Just like I said, Clockwork Orange, you know, they cut the girl's shirt or whatever. So, um, and when uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer came out in the 90s, right? That was right. Okay. Makes me wonder, did they watch a little bit of this? You know, because, you know, there's that great scene where Henry Notice are rewatching that crime that they filmed right Uh, you know and they shot it on video on purpose to make it look bad and and um that's probably one of the most disturbing scenes in there um but uh no it's not that i'd necessarily seen someone get tortured like that in a chair but there are elements of it that are clear influences of earlier uh earlier famous movies
0: absolutely absolutely mark what'd you think of the chair horror in this flick
2: it it surprised me seeing it in a film this early in all honesty because again at least in the more kind of mainstream type of horror during the 80s you didn't actually see a whole lot of that type of you know at least the stuff that i watched i know there was out there but not as much i mean you did have some of the herschel gordon lewis stuff but that stuff was so over the top you're just like you know, like with Gorgor girls, it's like, uh, so, I mean, there, there were influences in that, but you didn't see too much. And so it surprised me a little. It didn't bother me. You know, I mean, we see it so often in horror now, but uh, kind of uh, seeing that I'm like, well, that had to have give some influence I'm sure to some filmmakers since it had come out because there's been other scenes that have been handled almost beat for bit, beat, beat the same way, you know? Oh. Well,
0: absolutely. I mean, this movie clearly influenced what came after it. I mean, that what it's speaking towards the obsession, you know, the new market that was starting to emerge with people being able to have their own video cameras to create their own movies at home and the specialty market that was arising at video stores. This specifically addresses the fact that people's tastes and movies were changing and there's that no more than that one scene where the guy rents one of these tapes gets home he, he sits down at his his on his couch with the beer and his huge mustache tosses in this video of this uh, of howard and eli killing so somebody and he's like oh yeah yeah this is a good one. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Push down on that. And all I could think about, cause they it's a the scene where Howard and Eli had this machete and they're pushing down on this, this leg that they're cutting through. All I kept hearing in my head is put your weight on it, put your weight on it, put your <laughs> put on you weight on it. it, put your weight on it. <laughs> but man, there was, there's a lot of that in this, in this movie. And I think this movie was very forward thinking in the message it was trying to present and didn't even realize how much influence it would have down the line uh, on horror movies, even though, obviously, this is a very niche cult film. I'm sure the vast majority of horror audiences didn't see this, but the right people saw this afterward. Um, Andrew, do you remember back in the day if any of the the people you kind of hung around with talked about this or, or saw this flick?
1: Yeah, I mean, we um because of Faces of Death, you know, um the interest in uh anything kind of snuff related was already kind of around, you know. Um but, but what was interesting later is uh, revisiting it was sort of people talking about, you know, there were actually four guinea pig movies that had been made by the time this thing was made. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have access to those until way after, you know. Um but People just kind of couldn't get over the – we associate videotape with reality um, because I grew up in the VHS era where we had camcorders and stuff like that. And so you know, the term torture porn is always thrown around, but no one's actually tortured. In porn, people actually have sex. Otherwise, it's not porn. So I always had a problem with that. But the neat thing about this is it looks like a porno (laughs) where people are being tortured, and therefore we kind of felt – because it's you don't recognize anybody and because the 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 um the production values are so low, you're just like did they, they kill these people or not? There was actually some talk about that.
0: Right. Well, and that was a big thing with the guinea pig series as well, as you oh, know, yeah. the infamous Charlie Sheen story with flower and flesh and blood and all that garbage. But um absolutely this this is one of those flicks where you could say, Okay, well, is this crossing the line? This is, it totally changes the perception at least at that time, because we did equate it with reality. Same way we equate um, YouTube with reality. Now, like we, there's so much more shaky cam in Hollywood movies because we've grown accustomed to seeing that and feeling that that is, that's normal. That's the new normal. So a lot of this, you know, the shot on video aspect of this film, I bet you really unnerved people way back in the day, Mark.
2: Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it that it it did because, you know, it was one of those things too, where it was a, at this point in, what was this made in 87? Yeah. There like 86,
0: 87, 87, somewhere in there.
2: So the technology was there, but it's still one of those things where people were kind of taken aback by it. The, the, Older consumer generation, our, uh, us teens in that were eating up this crap left and right. We're familiar with it, but our parents in that weren't still, so uh, many were still trying to learn that. So it was kind of a foreign thing. So, you know, and the vibe about, I got from this was w- we've talked about, you know, well, definitely Derek and, and Andrew but you talked about like Black Roses and that, where it talked about the evils of uh, heavy metal. This film is the evils of videotape. I almost got this vibe like uh, at first, like this was supposed to be like a a warning message of uh, what society is going to become because of the evils of videotape and being able to videotape and record. Uh, And it, it plays off of that a little bit because it's a technology that that wasn't familiar to the older generation so they're kind of looking at this going boy you could really do some you know bad things with it and so yeah i i think that's what helped with the aesthetic is the fact that at that time everybody was just getting the vhs and, and vcrs and that and the camcorders were becoming popular yet the older generation were like eh, i'm not sure about that and so being unaware makes it that much more scary and so they kind of played off of that i think
0: yeah well even though we are talking like this is some really dark serious horror film this is still a pretty goofy movie there's still a lot of (laughs) goofy shit mostly that dude's outfits and his wardrobe holy shit that freaking cardigan he wears halfway through that movie man he's standing outside of his video shop in that v-neck Watching that one girl get taken away, she she goes to rent a movie and comes out and immediately gets uh, kidnapped. And he just stands there and watches it.
1: He didn't want to get that shirt dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda
0: couldn't get over the fact that th- when they sat down and ate their dinner at home, um, they had this lace table uh, cloth mm-hmm. over top over top the table and they lit candles just to have like a microwave dinner or
1: whatever i mean i think it's obvious both of them are not only fancy but you know they spend a good deal of money at richways (laughs) 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 it's like i didn't i didn't get this on clearance at ames (laughs) for nothing i also liked when he goes
0: to when he's at home and he goes he he's got his little booze cart you know all cultured dudes that are that are well off self-made men have their booze carts you know and he goes over to the booze cart to make make himself some bourbon he pour he opens up a, a container and he has ice sitting in a container just waiting for him. <laughs>
2: let's let's not forget the captain obvious guys who i'm like sitting there going why'd this girl even go into this dressy room (laughs) in the very opening of the scene because those guys the smile he had oh yeah and then his buddy gets that smile oh yeah (laughs) you know who they reminded
0: me of mark They reminded me of those two dudes in the Toxic Avenger that roll up in that that truck that that bring that have that whole bag of coke that they dip their face in. It was man. It was. Oh, <laughs>
2: well, then I'm, Good I'm call, sitting, dude. I'm sitting here watching them in the shop, and I'm going, okay, how are they going to offer? Because they've got that. <laughs> They've got the videotape machine and monitor right next to the dressing room. I'm like, yeah, this isn't obvious at all.
1: (laughs) Oh, he just laughed like the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah." You know what that was? Probably since he had to laugh so much and so maniacally, he probably just came up with a fake one that he could just do because he was out of actual laughter. Probably. Probably. It's probably true. Probably true. So.
2: Well, these guys aren't very bright either, though. He uses his own inventory to kill her. I'm like sitting here doing, going, dude. I mean, that's not a tax
1: write-off. We we can't (laughs) get into illogical stuff because they're they're abducting people in broad daylight. (laughs) They're homie doesn't even know the number for nine one one. He just runs to the police. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. he
0: runs to the police and and for some reason doesn't check the videotape. No. Nah. It's there. The police officer, obviously nothing's on the goddamn videotape. He does it twice and he gives it to the goddamn guy who doesn't believe him in the first place, the police chief. And the guy presses record on the goddamn tape. Oh, it's my like, God. You, yeah, you do, do you think the
1: ref stole that? that when they did that in the ref?
2: <laughs>
1: they might have. It's <laughs> a. Yeah, so-
2: well i'm Press sitting there going why didn't why didn't he just put it in the machine why did he give it to the co- i mean he's yeah, yeah, like yeah. three yeah. inches away from the machine and i'm like sitting here going you already suspect him and you're just you're just gonna give
1: him a date. dude oh, don't use don't use that part of your brain on this movie i'm man. sorry yeah yeah, yeah.
0: well if you wanted to go that far mark you could start questioning why this dude had a tv in his video store that everyone would crowd around and not have a couch or something for somebody to sit down and watch it with. <laughs> This is ridiculous, but I think we should start a new game here on Astro Radio Z called Six Degrees of Separation from Video Violence. Ooh. Every time a film after video violence was made directly rips it off, we should tie it back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be one hell of a game, man.
0: <laughs> oh, man. The pinnacle, the pinnacle of horror cinema is video violence. So when all is said and done, Mark the Movie Man, this is your first viewing of video violence how did you come out on this one would you would you tell people to go check this one out
2: oh hell yeah i'm like here this is what here's what people can do when they have a lot of ambition and very little money um it's an impressive film especially for back then you can see the influences Yeah, there's a lot of cheesy bad moments. I fully recognize that, but there's a lot to appreciate here with what they were trying to do, especially for the time. I mean, camcorders back then, VHS camcorders, the one that the one uh, guy's lugging around is, is obvious. These weren't easy things, even for the home use to shoot what they'd shot on it. And I thought they did well. And yeah, if you're looking for... A, a decent shot on video film. This check this one out because this one actually is is all around at least a very watchable movie.
0: But no doubt. And speaking to how cumbersome taping in this format was, there's an actual scene where Howard has the videotape and he, it's connected to the VCR, <laughs> the actual VCR. <laughs> so he can't go very far once he starts videotaping. So. That's how it was back in the day, Andrew. Where do, how do you come out on video violence? Um,
1: I mean, I uh, you know what it is, dude. It's a trip. If you were, if you remember the times of the old video stores, the mom and pop video stores, a lot of it was shot inside of one, and it just brought back a lot of memory. Seeing that, if you've ever worked in a video store, particularly one that rented VCRs, like one that I did people do leave their own tapes in them. And we had the customer didn't leave a snuff movie, but left their homemade porn in one, one time. Oh Jesus. <laughs> so this isn't kind of out of the realm of possibility really. Um, and it's also, according to what I've seen on the back of this camp motion pictures box, this was actually made on three quarter inch. Yeah. So it was made on Umatic, and um, according to what uh, it says, these guys were editing this at the uh, local cable station until the cable station found out what they were doing, and then just <laughs> kicked them out. So they had to like go really, really fast to finish. But um, you know, if you are looking for nudity and gore, the movie's got a really nice nudity and gore in it. Absolutely. So you know, it's uh. You know, like Mark, used the word ambitious. I would use the word ambitious, too. The lighting's not so great in some of it, but the camera work is always good. The audio work is mostly always good. But some of it particularly is one where the wife and the husband are just sitting on a couch in front of a uh, well with a window behind them. That scene is is really well produced. I mean, it doesn't it almost doesn't look videotape. It looks really nice. So yeah, there's a few sequences that are that way where I'm
0: just like, I I was just like, wow, this really transcends the format. I mean, most of
1: it still looks pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's amazing what happens when you stick one light, at least one light on the people (laughs) or I don't know, shoot them while they're talking so that you can actually understand what they're saying. But, um, no video violence is not a, um, it's, it it it's, it is not a piece of junk. It's it's a, I would say like now when people are making horror shot on digital or whatever, that you should watch video violence because if you can't do as good as that, then maybe take a lesson from it.
0: Yeah, maybe not make your movie and and sit and really hone your craft. <laughs> yeah, and like try to figure out how to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's, all it is is what the, the camera, you know. Yep.
0: Yeah. uh I think you you touched on something that I really love about this movie is that it kind of is, and, and maybe like you said, it's a bit of nostalgia because um, we grew up in this area, but it is a love letter to video stores. And because so much of it is shot in a video store and you see those shelves with all the tapes on it. And because so much of the, the focus of this movie is horror movies, There's so many horror movies on these shelves. And this was at that time where most of the horror movies that were on those shelves were the underground horror films were the shot on video Mm -hmm. horror films were the Herschel Gordon Lewis's were the pieces were those movies that just weren't getting play in the theaters. So that was that time where uh, the video, the mom and pop video stores were the drive ins. Mm -hmm. So it was such a a, like it was such a love letter to that stuff. And there's a couple sequences in this movie that just rang so true, mostly because I had worked in a video store like the awkward dude, young dude in skin tight shirt that wants to rent some porn (laughs) and awkwardly goes back and rents and brings porn up while other people are in the store looking at him like he's some degenerate. That was real shit there. Was, i mean that, was, that i i experienced that when i worked at a family video i
2: mean that I, I, was a, that's as real as it gets man So you know, i'm sitting here going dude you you don't know where they keep the porn come on man <laughs> it's always in the back of the store. yo man you got porn
1: <laughs> like wow i love the way that that woman is standing so awkwardly close given to who she turns out to be right it's such a neat i mean the, it is a good movie people
0: there's it really is it has so much detail for such a micro budget film that video violence in my mind is literally one of the top shot in video horror films you can check out absolutely must see so folks let's move on to video violence two. Show for you tonight. All right. I give it one thumb <laughs> Come on, baby. Yeah. Poor girl.
1: Remember, this is the movie. Come <laughs> little tackle, dude. Yeah. Now it's time for another video. <laughs> 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 We are fantastic. Boy, we're
2: having some fun tonight.
1: This is the best thing that appeared on cable since Frival Rock.
0: Which is completely different than Video Violence 1. Andrew, do you wish to explain what is Video Violence 2 about?
1: Uh, Video violence too, made by the same people, um, starring uh, the same two guys, actually more of the same people, but I want to ruin it uh, for the, (laughs) for those of you who are thinking of checking this out. Basically the premise of this, the guys that were making these snuff tapes in the first one now have their own public access television show where they continue to do their uh, murderous, horrible things, but also the people that watch the show are encouraged to send in their own murder tapes that they broadcast. So this is kind of an anthology style uh, sequel.
0: Yeah, it actually reminded me a lot of Kentucky Fried movie. Yes, very much so. From the humor to the format of how it it plays out, where it's in sketches and it goes back to the main hosts who the the main wraparound of this movie is Howard and Eli as kind of like um, Johnny and Ed McMahon. (laughs) of this demented public access snuff tv show uh have this girl tied to a chair more chair horror yes more chairs yeah and then they have they have their um their who was the guy that had the huge aviator glasses that was playing the organ gordon gordon oh my gosh this guy So it's the entire talk show format, (laughs) and then it would just randomly go to – they reuse a lot of footage from the original movie. This movie, to me, kind of felt like it was just thrown together. It wasn't – like, it's not as meticulous as the first film, even though at the time there weren't a lot of movies like this out there other than maybe, like I said, Kentucky Fried movie. Um, This movie just – for my book just wasn't nearly as focused as the first film. There's no real story to this thing. It's literally like a talk show with vignettes, like an anthology, like Andrew said, uh, Mark, what'd you think of this?
2: Yeah. It surprised me with this one and, and how well I thought the other one was put together. And it actually had a narrative. This one was a little bit more of what you kind of, expected from the first one in all honesty you know from the title and that uh it surprised me i mean i enjoyed i enjoyed some of the skits especially the commercials i thought the commercials were were pretty well done it did have that parody vibe but considering how the other one was structured this one took me a little aback going oh this is the approach they're taking oh Okay, um, it, you know, it it, it, t- it turned me off to it just a bit because I was hoping for maybe a continuing story, to which we don't really get any till till the, near the very end. Though after watching, and that's a red herring. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, which is a red herring. But uh, after watching this, uh, I realized I had I had watched a, a recent indie horror film, and it it was done in kind of that exact style. I'm like, man, where does this? And now I see they had to have watched this because they made two of them. It was for, it was House of Horrors. It's called. Um, oh my God! Horrors or horrors? Horrors. horrors. And there was a House of Horrors two that they yep. made, and two was re- now I see where the influence of of what they made there came from because. Uh, as far as the structure goes, where it's more of a show than uh, any type of actual movie with a story. Uh, And, and that's, you know watching this one i kind of had some flashbacks to that to this one though i enjoyed some of the skits i liked the the puppet one the wilbur the wilbur uh, wilbur commercial for wilbur the killer doll let him do the dirty work for you and he's machine washable uh, you know i liked i liked that skit and uh i i liked the uh the fact we had the cop back now who's retired with his wife and they made up this electric chair with a colander
0: oh that's what that's my favorite scene of the entire movie because that that electric chair where the dude's eyeballs blow out and all that it's such a hokey gag but i love it
2: it's it was great and then they have that extraordinarily long commercial it's like these are all the leftover ideas from the first one that they've thrown together in a pot and, and blended together stuff that they, you know, wanted to put in the first one or came up with while they were shooting the first one, maybe. And, and, and put together with this because it is just a bunch of skits though. One of the songs in the the song commercial that we watch, uh, I liked two ghouls for sister Tara.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I really, I dug some of those pun titles they had. So, but yeah, it took me aback. And it it did turn me off a little bit, but there were certain bits that I really dug. It was
0: an hour long, but it it was, well, okay. No, it was an hour and 14 minutes long compared to the hour and 38 minutes of the original. And it felt far longer Mm -hmm. than the original did. At least to me, there's that one sequence where it's the, um, the negligee girls looking to get the pizza delivery boy there so they can chop them up. That scene went on for absolutely ever Forever.
1: ever. Andrew, what do you think of this one? I liked it more, guys. Really? Yeah, I found the first one to be pretty boring, but I like the uh, way they set this one up. And, you know, I agree they didn't have a story. I agree that this was probably put together just because they couldn't get their shit together for a full, like a regular narrative feature. But for me, this kind of works because the stuff that I liked about the first one um, was basically the nudity and the gore. And this (laughs) one really just kind of, you know what I mean? It kind of knows what it is. And right, right. It, uh, it doesn't. Cause see the, the I found that I, you know me, man. I'm not big on like plot and you know like <laughs> like explanations and all of that stuff. I'm just I just don't dig that. I just want to see shit happen. And I know that sounds bad coming from a, a movie critic and a filmmaker, but I mean, it's absolutely true. I just I thought it was a good concept, and I really like the woman that they have on stage with them. Um, I liked how it started out with the weirdo uh, horror movie being shot and the chick going down the stairs. Um, I also t- did not have a problem with that laundry. Uh, pizza party thing. I thought it was oh, a good... does that not surprise <laughs> me? <laughs> no, because it was a good twist on it. It's the movie showing. It is pa- it is parodying. Because um, what does the women the say? It's like, they always kill and torture these women for once I'd like to, to, you know, the shoe to be on the other foot or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah true. Very true. I thought, I was like, holy crap, this happened in like 1988? Someone's writing dialogue like this? I was very impressed with that. And I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, the dude's dancing around his underwear. You get a male strip that is outside of Dave Dakota still highly unusual that you're going to see that happen. and uh, Right. Whitey tidies and all. Yeah, yeah. And one of the ladies with the, you know, she flashes the camera. So you do have a lot of nudities, prolonged nudity. Um, and, um, you know, there is some some really solid gore in this one as well. Do I like the host? No. Do I think that stuff is amusing? No. Do I think that the stuff that they say gets really, like, annoying really fast. Yeah, but I just uh, I do I like the way this one's set up more because that one had a story. And if you don't dig the story, you're kind of stuck with it. But here, if you don't like what you're seeing a few minutes later, something else will happen.
0: Right. No, this is very true. I think I agree with you on that. And some of the stuff is kind of fun. Like Mark had made reference to, there's this commercial that's about a bunch of songs where it's, it's just this looped footage of this girl taking a shower and then <laughs> Freddie and Jason and Michael killer. It's literally like the same footage for about f- five minutes while they go through about 40 different song titles that are all, and they're buns. mostly
1: pretty funny. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it, it, it's, I think, oh, and the the swap meet Jason and Freddie and Michael, oh, Me- they're also basement acts.
0: You got cheeseburger Freddie. You got ham and cheese Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you, you got turkey sandwich Michael Myers. They, yeah. they come in and it's just, it's ridiculous. That's one of those examples of beating a joke to death and coming out the other side with it hanging on so long that it actually becomes funny
1: yeah
2: yeah, it it did well and also it ends well because after the repeated deaths on the third loop as they got to the end of the list she just gets this look on her face like she's just tired of being killed she pulls a gun out of the shower rack that she had <laughs> <in the> shower, <laughs> and she shoots the final guy great. I, like, I liked that bit i'm like yeah.
1: No, it doesn't. Yeah. You know, the sequel sequels often um, belabor what happened in the first one, and and uh, because they don't have any ideas, they're just going to invent stuff that wasn't there for a reason. We didn't have all this explanation because nobody gave a fuck. So, for for it to sequel to sometimes do self parody is great. For it to be funnier is typical. Um, but I think like I did not, I would not have wanted to see more backstory about the people that were doing the first one i think this is the way to go
0: yeah i agree with you on that point i think the final act of this film the final scene that took place after the show proper that could have been totally cut out i i really think the movie should have ended with the end credits of the tv show and it would have been just fine because that last scene is just It it did nothing for me whatsoever. But my favorite gag probably of the entire movie was in that opening vampire scene where they stake the woman's heart. That blood gore gag looked legit. Like they when they shove that stake into her, that looked like, you know, I, I wanted to, I watched it a couple times. I'm like, wow, that's one hell of a gag.
1: The guy that did the effects on both of these is an actual he was an actual working special effects artist. And a lot of the gags that they used were things that he was just working on to learn how to do it, in particularly the animatronic in the um the, the commercial that bites the kid's neck or whatever. He mm-hmm. was learning to build animatronics. And the guy that made in the movie saw that thing he was working on. I was like, dude, we're putting that in the movie. Mm-hmm. Just write a sketch around it, you know. Yeah. Like, a low budget works, and you were not seeing animatronic monsters in movies that this were that were this cheap. It's just, yeah, a lot of the things that were endearing about that.
0: Yeah, I. That's what shines in this movie. If you're you're more like Andrew had said, if you're more into kind of the chaotic, tongue in cheek. Let's let's have some fun. Let's just see some gore, see some titties. And uh, not really have to sit and deal with the story whatsoever. Video violence, too, is going to be your bag. Mark, (laughs) what's probably your favorite thing in this flick? Uh,
2: Ah, it it wasn't the hosts. I'll agree with that. It it wasn't really the hosts. Uh, just because the, out of all the things in here, they felt forced a little oh, bit. Being, well,
0: they felt forced know? in the first film and, as well.
2: And, yeah. They felt forced in the first one. They really feel forced in this one when they're first and upfront, but I dug, I dug all the bits that, you know, the electric chair and Wilbur, the doll and, you know, Deli Dick's kitchen ideas oh, where, Deli Dicks. where, you know, they're working on limited footage and time because they've got a prop that actually breaks. Oh, like Oh, because he
0: tried chopping the girl's hand and the cutter completely busts in like five
2: pieces. (laughs) Because it's made out of like balsa wood spray painted with silver paint (laughs) and it breaks. (laughs) And they just played off going, oh, well, this is more of a prototype. The final product will definitely cut them fingers uniformly. And I'm like, that's awesome. I I love that bit. I, I love the fact that you can tell that wasn't exactly planned when they did it, but they wrote a little bit. To, to play it off you know i, I like those skits this I, I used to watch them at this age too i probably shouldn't have but there was a range of uh, not only uh, you know you mentioned kentucky fried movie but there were a few others uh, as well which I, they probably came just after this though but was like amazon women on the moon oh i and, love that movie dude and, yeah and um what is it something tube or the groove tube man groove
0: tube. groove
2: tube man yeah groove tube it reminded it came me from hollywood bit, yeah it reminded me a bit of the horror version of those of sorts you know where where you're watching a tv show and, and you're just watching skits that they came up with um, and I love, I, I especially love Amazon women on the moon. I think that I just, that's just freaking hilarious. And this one, I enjoyed the other skits ra- versus their wraparound story. I guess you could call it the, the host, the TV hosts. Cause I thought uh, all the little skits they had, had a lot of thought put into them. Like Andrew said that the laundry scene, while it did go long, the dialogue that they had in there, I'm going, wow. I'm like, yeah, you're not used to hearing this type of, Dialogue, you know, the, this director dressing uh the treatment of women in horror films, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you you didn't hear it see it that often in, in in films like this, where they're just using that dialogue where they're putting it out there. And yeah, so I enjoyed all the little bits and I totally agree. I was hoping actually when the credits rolled on the TV show, I'm like, okay, we're done. And then it went on, and I'm like, Oh uh, what the hell
0: <laughs> yeah and all of it was just cheese dick the the entire rest of the movie literally was so useless because <laughs> then they try and spoilers if you guys don't want to know what happens at the end of video violence too um <laughs> skip this part of the show this is a warning thank you when they try to tie in uh, like try to red herring us that the two leads that got killed at the end of the first one
1: are back and all this nonsense. I was just like, you're fucking kidding me, right? Sorry, kidding the- me the- that was a straight rip of the end of Last House on the Left when when <laughs> dad busts out the chain. Yep
2: i'm sorry the best plastic surgeons around the world pieced us together i'm like sitting here going oh come on (laughs) the
1: best plastic surgeons in paducah kentucky no it was new jersey (laughs) wasn't it
2: It (laughs) yeah uh, location unknown but yeah it was jersey
0: yeah Uh, but it ends up turning out to be uh, the Dingleberry uh, vampire from The Vampire Takes a Bride, the, the short film in the first movie, which uh, actually is one of my favorite parts of the first movie. But, <laughs> and he's also the vampire at the beginning. They had on face masks.
2: Oh the oh and they're all surprised and then i'm like okay so we're gonna end it here and no then they have the one lady going uh, again where this might put it just a little ahead of its time she's going yeah i've talked to my agent and producers and we've got a tv show a sitcom 13 weeks and this And i'm like sitting there going what are you predicting is this like the precursor to reality tv right here
0: (laughs) Oh, man. This movie feels like a public access movie. It feels <laughs> like a public access show. Everything about it, the graphics, how it looks. I mean, it, it comes straight out of a Herschel Gordon Lewis gruesome twosome school of filmmaking. Get one light. Shine it as bright as you can over everything and just film. <laughs> That's what this movie is. And it's while they're it sporadically is fun. This isn't I, I much prefer the first film to this one, Mark.
2: I, I will say that uh, out of the two, definitely I enjoyed the first one more. This one definitely has some charm to it. It's scenes, the little scenes and skits that they have. But uh, compared to the first one, I think it's uh, not quite as enjoyable. Yeah.
0: Well, we know how you, you feel, Andrew. Do you have anything else you want to you want to say about video violence too? Uh,
1: no, but I do have a good piece of trivia I forgot to say about part one that I think is really amusing. What's that? Um, the woman that was in the chair, the one we were talking about where they wet up her shirt and everything. Yeah. The way they cast her um they pulled up alongside her on the street they were in a car and they said hey you want to be in our horror movie and she said hell yeah and they're like well there's going to be some nudity involved how do you feel about that and she took her boobs out (laughs) that's on the uh, commentary
0: oh good for them
1: isn't that a fantastic story
0: good for them that would never happen to anyone else
1: (laughs) Wow. Don't you think the making of video violence would be a good movie? <laughs> can
0: you can you imagine trying to pull some hijinks like that today?
1: Holy shit. No I mean, way. No, no. It would be a it would be a sting. You yeah. know? Yeah. Boobs might You'd come you You go to jail. Yeah. You'd immediately go to jail. <laughs> so I don't know why I thought this. The woman asks for Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy when the the guy is uh, saying people usually want gore or porno. I was just thinking how funny it would be if he gave her um, asshole and Costello and Laurel and Hardon. <laughs> like on accident. I interrupted you for, to say that. Sorry. That would be
0: if Scott Davis was the video store clerk there. He would he would have that porno section will be ripe full of porn parodies.
1: <laughs> okay. At least y'all laughed at that. You don't have
0: to you don't
1: have to keep that.
0: <laughs> so there you have it, folks. Episode two of our shot on video retrospective series we're doing. Mark, so far two episodes in. Are you looking forward to more?
2: yes i am i'm i'm very much looking forward to more uh this is a genre that uh back in my youth while i was looking for b horror films and such i don't think i was looking for the right ones or had the right ones in the store i was at so uh yeah i'm excited to take a look at these well you might eat those words the next episode. No, no I didn't because say Because the next gonna episode be.
0: we're going to do is gore, horror, gorotica and gorgasm So doing I, watched, work.
2: I watched gore, whores uh, the gore four. Come on, the vomit gore four. It's it's really you know. Yeah, I'm I'm up for anything, so I'll watch anything once. So
0: well, Mark. It's it's much better. These are much better than that, <laughs> but still <laughs> prepare yourself, because I'll be honest, I'm also jumping into new territory because I have not seen all of these. Oh, so I I think I've seen Gorotica. Mm-hmm. But Andrew, have you seen either of the any of these movies?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a uh, gore horror and a uh, gorgasm. Yeah. I'm, I, um, you know, the video stores had this stuff. I mean, it was a uh, thing was like a lot of times if you went going to, to like looking for like the new Hollywood, new release, those were gone. Like those are the movies people got immediately and took home. You were left with whatever, you know, the stuff that no one else knew what it was. So they didn't want to rent. That's what was there. And a lot of us discovered these movies purely by that. You know, yeah. me, I was just hoping to see something wild. And,
0: yeah titles like gore horror and gorgasm absolutely
1: yeah yeah now these weren't chains these weren't at blockbuster these were like at uh well in athens at uh, hits video uh, video warehouse video library places like that
2: mm-hmm. oh yeah video oasis in milwaukee we had nord tv uh, and video outlet it was called and there were like four stores across the city and uh, they knew they knew us well uh first the one that my dad used to go to and then when we uh my parents got divorced we moved out there was actually a nord tv uh, not too far from my house so yeah they they knew me well i would go there a lot i remember spring break i rented uh over the course of six days i re- rented 35 videos so holy
0: shit mark yeah. I think we have talked about this. Didn't we talk about this on that on the Death of the Video Store episode that I, we were might referring have. to?
2: Yeah, we might have so, but uh yeah. So <laughs> Oh man, if you guys, if you
0: listeners, you want to go back and hear some old school Astro Radio Z, go back to I think it's episode is it seven? I think it's episode seven, the death of the, uh, of the video store where we're, we all this
2: video oasis
0: talk that's coming up. It's from that episode. So go check it out. <laughs> so.
2: I just, I gotta say in the first one, uh, real quick with video violence one, when they asked for member number, I had instant flashbacks. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Let's talk about the shirts that they had to wear in
0: order to rent the snuff movies at the, at the uh, video studio, the I'm a lifer. <laughs> yeah. I want that shirt. <laughs> Do you think I would get copyright infringement for putting? I'm a lifer with
2: <laughs> no. radio Z on a shirt. <laughs> they might actually pay you for the advertisement. Uh,
0: <laughs> oh, I want that shirt. I want that shirt fucking bad. Like right now. So anyways, next next episode, we're going to be going back to the Puppet Master series, which with what may be the most painful episode of all of the Puppet Master episodes, because I believe two of the films are clip movies or at least partially clip shows. Um, So we'll be doing retro puppet master, puppet master, the legacy and puppet master versus demonic toys on the next episode of Astro Radio Z. So look forward to that one, folks. Now is the portion of the show where my guests shamelessly shill the fuck out of you, Mr. Mark, the movie man. Tell my fine listeners where they can find you
2: you can find me on specialmarkproductions.com uh that has links and stuff to my the facebook we have the final cut movie reviews there we have the spoiler room archive there as well as the latest spoiler room episodes i've been cranking out more than i had ever planned to Uh, just real quick we got a logan one and we're doing an animated month for march so we're doing mature animated films again uh, because it was very popular the first time and so specialmarkproductions.com you can find me there or on
1: the twitters at movie maniac 3d mr andrew shearer Hey, what's up, you guys? Uh, my friends and I here in Athens make movies under the banner of GonzoRific films. We ha- shoot on VHS sometimes. We did uh, Last year, we did Flow Day the 13th, and the year before that, um, it was uh, one about a killer piñata at a child's birthday party. The name is Sc- Bleeding Candy. Um, but if you want to watch some of our stuff on Amazon Prime, we have Barry Scary and May of the Dead. And for rental on there, we have the Underground Cinema, Cinema with an S. We have Late Night Cable, Pajama Nightmare, Mondo Gonzo, Fake Blood. And if you go to gonzorific.com, you can buy movies like uh, Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle and um, some of the, uh, well, what was it? Which one do you like? Uh, The Erotic Couch. Derek likes The Erotic Couch. You can just get all that stuff. Spend some money on your your no-budget friends.
0: And with that, folks, we will say goodbye. But before then, give me four bucks. You got some late fees. We need to we need to pay off that balance. So fork it over. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, YouTube and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.
1: Those
2: drums sound really great. Big sounding snare.